if you have your Bible. I hope you do. Join me in Isaiah chapter 9. That's where we're going to start. And I'm going to warn you. We're going to be in several places in the Word this morning. Uh, we're going to read um, some longer passages together. And they're not all on the slides. Um, because I would have had to make 3,000 slides. So we didn't do that. So you'll, there, there will be some of the verses that will be from each passage. But you're going to need your Bible this morning uh, to, uh, to follow along. And I don't know about you, I just I feel like I need to say this to, to you this morning. Um, if you were to look at my Bible, it's full of writing and pen marks and underlines and all kinds of stuff. Feel free to do that in your Bible. I know that I've had conversations with people before that have looked at mine. They see the stickers on the cover and they see all the writing on the inside and they're like, how can you do that to the Bible? Because God gave me this to search his truth and I, I want to mark it to make sure that I'm following what he's teaching. And then uh, the stickers on the front, and if you ever want to know about them, I'd love to talk to you about them. Each one of the stickers on my Bible and all throughout the Bible are places that I have been. And each one of those stickers has a story. Um, and if you're ever interested, ask me. I'll tell you the story about the sticker and it has given me some incredible opportunities um, to talk about the Word with people when they've seen those and they're asking, well, why do you have Namaste on your Bible? Well, let me tell you, I went to Nepal, and this is what happened. And anyway, ask me. I'd love to tell you about it. Enough of that. We're, uh, we're, off, we're off already. But um, I'm off already. Let's see what time it is. I'll cut that out of the recording. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Did y'all know we record another squirrel? Yeah. All of, uh, all of our messages are recorded. I don't, I don't put worship on the webpage, not because I don't like Charlie and Lisa. Um, I just shorten it down to the message. But you can go to our webpage, and the messages are there. So if, if you miss... A week and you want to catch up or if you want to share a message with a friend you can copy that link off the web page and send it um, to them um, that's available and then of course last week our church at home that is on YouTube if you uh, need the link to that I can get that to you um, as well I've already uh, had that conversation this morning to uh, to get that sent out um, but we're in now even though we weren't together last week we're in the second week of Advent. Um, we started our Advent season um, last week with church at home. And unlike last week, you know, I said in that video that our focus should shift when we get to this season. I bet you that you would agree with me this morning. All of our focus and all of our attitude and all of the things that we're thinking about and doing have shifted. It's, it's a past tense now. Everything is, has shifted because there's something about Christmas time, right? There, there's, there is excitement about Christmas time, and there's money. Um, there's, there's the idea of having some days off. 
or maybe not having some days off during the season, and, and there's money. Um, there's, there's our family. Uh, for a lot of us, we get to see family that we haven't seen in a year, maybe in a couple of years now because of everything that's happened in the world. Um, and there's money. There, there's all kinds of events on our calendar. We were talking about that as we met and prayed this morning about events and things that, uh, that are coming around the corner on our calendar. And there's money. And, and I'll stop there because I, I bet you get the picture. Money is a big stress for all of us around Christmas time. But, um, you know, Advent season, this, this season that we're in now, and just to make sure, um, we're going to do not a long review, but just a little bit of a, a review from what we did talk about on week one, because it's just, it's important this morning as we're talking about the Advent season, uh, but it's an invitation for us. That's what Advent is, um, that Latin word Adventus, which means coming. We're anticipating um, in the past, there was an anticipation for Christ's birth, and there's, for us, the anticipation of his return. But it, Advent is an invitation for us to shift away from all that stuff that's got us distracted. Family and calendars and events and jobs and money and all, all of those things around Christmas that, that get us worked up and stress us out. And it's an invitation to take our focus off of what's been a wild year or two and, and bring it to the center of, of Jesus and what the real meaning of the Christmas season in is. And like I said last week, it's a chance for us to take our focus off of because it, it can distract us, that hustle and bustle that comes with the Christmas season, and we can, we can take our focus off of that and focus on who Christ is because that hustle and bustle and all those things that, that distract us, they create, and see if anybody agrees with me, they create with us more hassle than they do happiness. Anybody ever lose focus during Christmas? because of all of that stuff yeah i'm right there with you it there, it's just it's just so crazy and here's what for us for this season as we're focusing on the coming again from that latin word adventus what we have the opportunity to do in the advent season we have the the opportunity to look back to what we consider the first Christmas, Christ's birth, his first coming. And we get to pause and we get to look forward to his second coming, his return. And there's, there's lots of or not, um, anticipation, not invitation. There is an invitation in that, and we'll get to that in a little bit later. But there's, there's just this opportunity for us to focus on the gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our King, and to stop, just stop in the madness of the hustle and bustle and to look at our King who stepped 
down from heaven, took on the form of a man so that we might believe. And that's what we are looking at, focusing on, considering, and even resting in. And, you know, God laid this plan out for us in Scripture a long time ago. Um, he, he laid out this, this plan that the prophets told about the coming of Christ, his life and his death. And we can, we have the opportunity just to meditate on that. And again, that word that you're going to hear a lot this morning, and just anticipate his return. So let's, let's take a look, and this is a scripture that I read for you last week, but it, it gets us started this morning in Isaiah chapter 9, um, and all of these will be on the screen because there's only three of them. But we're going to look at verse 2 and then move down to verse 6 and 7 and, and read these words from Isaiah. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And then down to verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called. And I love, I love these, four, these four names, these, these four uh, images of Christ. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord. Another translation says the zeal. The passionate commitment of the Lord. That means, catch this, that means he's in this. God is in this. God is for us. This is his plan. His passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. And that is that for us, of all of the things in the Christmas season and, and all of the things of, of Advent, we can rest in that and celebrate that. And the key to that, that word that, that really for me sums all of it up in this, this first candle that we lit last week. And yes, if you watch the video, that's not the candle that we lit uh, I won't tell that story, but the first candle that we lit last week for, for Advent is the hope candle. And the hope that we have in the promise of the coming Messiah and the hope that we have of the returning Messiah. And it's it, for us, again, this, this season, just a beautiful chance for us to remember in this crazy world, this lost and dying world, this world that is really off-center, we have the opportunity to remember and to camp on and to hold on to the truth. The Lord's compassion to this, that hope that He is coming back. And, and for us, hope is... It's a hard word. 
it, it's a hard word to understand. We can, we can look back and we can celebrate um, that he came and the prophecy that surrounded that, and we're, we're waiting. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're waiting anxiously in faith that he's coming again. But that's hard sometimes to understand. But our faith is what gets us through that. And I, I just kind of a kind of an odd thought this morning, but Karen and I went Thursday night and saw the premiere of the Chosen's movie, The Messengers. Um, if you haven't seen that yet, it's in theaters. It's gone now. Okay, never mind. Maybe they'll put it on YouTube. If they do, watch it. It's, it's, worth, it's worth the watch. Lots of celebration and music, and then the story of Christ's birth. But very, very good story, very, very good movie telling that story. And part of, part of that story is, is the manger scene. And I thought about this while we were watching the movie um, because they showed the, the depiction of the manger in the movie, and it was like a rock that they had carved out where the food goes. Manger. It's really kind of, a, and you've heard me say this before, that's kind of a fancy church word, the manger. And we get these ideas sometimes, I think, maybe not everybody in the room, but people in the world get this idea of, of the manger and this grand thing where the baby Jesus was laid in this beautiful picture. And while we were watching the movie the other night, it is a beautiful picture. Because from the humblest beginnings, our Savior came. But to see that and, and watch that Thursday night and that rock that had been carved out and a place to lay the baby, and it showed in the movie Joseph getting a cloth and kind of wiping out the food and the slobber and other things that were in that manger before they laid the baby in there. And here's, here's the picture that I got uh, I got that night in regards to hope um, because there's nothing fancy about a manger but what it spoke to me in that night is that means in our hope that means for us that Jesus can show up anywhere he can show up in a hard time he's always with us I'm saying show up but he's always there he won't let us down. Even when the hope that we have in somebody else does let us down, He won't let us down. He won't disappoint us. And again, in just in common everyday words, He can show up and be active and show off anywhere. There's not a limit on Him and His goodness. And that's who we have our hope in. And like I said, a little bit different or a little bit expanded review from what we had last week. But there's, there's a reason for that because hope is repetitive throughout all of the things that we're going to talk about in Advent. Hope summarizes it all because of our hope in His return. And again, we, we lit that candle last week, the hope candle the prophet's candle that's still burning. And, and this week, if my lighter will cooperate, 
we're, we're lighting our second candle, um, and it's called the faith candle, or Bethlehem's candle. And its, it's significance for us in this season as we talk through Advent, its significance for us is our faith and our preparation in the waiting. And that's, that's where we're going to shift our, our focus now and talk about, still remember and still hold on to the idea of hope because hope is part of this as well. But in our faith, in our preparation, in the waiting, uh, and I love this even though I can't say it. Does anybody, Joe, do you remember from seminary the Hebrew word for wait? I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but can you remember that one and say it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, the shorter version of it, you did great. You, ha you have to make that guttural kind of sound, haka. That's the, sh that's the short. There, it, it's, it's a hard word. Karen was laughing at me last night because I was playing it on YouTube over and over and over, how to pronounce haka, and I'm not saying it right. But that word, that Hebrew word, wait, waiting, longing, long for even in and especially in a delay. And waiting, waiting takes patience. And I don't know about you. I've confessed this to you before. I don't always have a whole lot of patience. But waiting requires Patience and the prophets even said that those verses that we read a, a couple of minutes ago, he they, he indicated Isaiah indicated to the people that they had to wait on God. He was coming, just like he's indicating and tells us we have to wait on God because he's coming. But we know we studied this a few weeks ago in that series in between from Psalm chapter thirty three. We have hope. And we can depend on Him. We can trust Him. Our deliverance is ensured, assured. But we've got to be willing to wait. And there's another part of that. We've got to be willing to depend on Him. It's not, it's not this day or night, up or down kind of thing. For us, truly, waiting is a dependence on Him through time and anticipation and preparation. We're getting ready. Um, and in the idea of waiting, there's this eager impatience for something to happen. You'll get that eager impatience, kind of like on Christmas morning wanting to open our presents, but this is something much greater than opening our presents on, on Christmas morning. But there is for us in the waiting, because of that hope that we have, an eager impatience for something to happen. What Isaiah told us would happen, and again, this sounds a whole lot like hope, right? Hope. In the waiting, and then that word preparation that, that we've talked about. Doing things. Here's the key in the waiting, in the preparation. Doing things, expecting something to happen. 
waiting. We, we, go, we, we go through the drive-thru at a restaurant, or we sit at a table in a restaurant, and we place an order, and, and we wait for our food. And there's really nothing required of us in that except just sitting there and waiting, right? But in this, in this waiting and in this preparation, we're supposed to be doing things because we're expecting him to come back. We don't get to just sit and wait. We're preparing our hearts in the faithful waiting, reflecting on what he's done, and looking forward to and anticipating his return. There's honestly, the, the only way to say it, as we're waiting for those plans to unfold in patience, there's no time for us just to sit around and wait for somebody to bring us something. We're to be active as this plan unfolds. And now we're going we're gonna to look at some scripture and talk, really talk specifically some about that activity, that anticipation, what we're doing in the waiting. So if you still have your Bible open, go back a little bit to Psalm 130. And again, if you, if you didn't bring your Bible and you've got your phone, it's a little bit easier for you to flip over there. But Psalm 130 um, we are going to read this entire passage together. There will be a couple of the verses um, that will be on the screen, but I want us to read all of these verses um, because this is really talking about for us in that anticipation. But let's begin together in verse 1 of Psalm 130. From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord, pay attention to my prayer. Verse 3. Lord, if you've kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. And then verse 5, one of the keys of the thought here. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. I long for the Lord. More, more than centuries long for the dawn, yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. He himself will redeem Israel from every kind of sin. And, and for us, what I want you to catch in these verses, in the waiting and in that anticipation, those words, I'm counting on Him. And for us, in the waiting, in the preparation, in anticipation, in our hope as we long for Him, we're counting on Him. And there's... There is this earnest expectation, anticipation, even some anxiety, anxiety, right? Because sometimes when we're waiting on things, that there's, there's anxiety in us. And again, that, that that I can't say in the Hebrew, and that'll be the last time I say that. But catch what, what, what we're reading in those verses. Salvation is coming. And again, we look back, 
and we look forward. Now flip a few pages back to Isaiah, and we're going to go to Isaiah 40, where Joe started for us this morning, but we're going to back up from where he read, and we're going to read together verses 1 through 11 in Isaiah chapter 40. And again, a couple of these verses will be on the screen, but not all of them. So Isaiah 40, uh, beginning in verse 1. And again, really, really listen, really look at these words. My Bible for chapter 40, the heading is comfort for God's people. Verse 1, comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all of her sins. And the verse 3, listen, it's the voice of something shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Preparation, right? Preparation. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Verse 6. A voice said, Shout. And I asked, What should I shout? Shout that the people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with the people. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lamb lambs in his arms holding them close to his heart he will gently lead the mother sheep with her young and there in the beginning it says it twice right off right off in verse one comfort comfort my people and it's repeated to give us assurance in the waiting there's assurance that he's coming and my people, those words are so very important. My people, the, the repeating of the covenant of the promise that God has with his people. We are his and we can take comfort in knowing that we are his. And then those words that we can see again in Matthew chapter 3, clear the way. Clear the way, and if you, if you go and look and study, you know, that's, that's a reference to and pointing to John the Baptist who came before Jesus to prepare the way for him because restoration <clears throat> and redemption was coming then and restoration and redemption is coming now. Verse 9, your God is coming. We have hope. As we wait and as we prepare, salvation is coming. We look back 
and we look forward. And then the last passage that I want us to look at together this morning, you're going to go all the way, if you have your Bible, literally all the way to the back. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to read together verses 8 through 14. And one more time, we have a couple of these that will pop up on the screen, uh, but not, uh, not all of the words. I'll give you just a second. Right, 2 Peter chapter 3. And again, let's start together in verse 8. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord really isn't slow about His promise, as some people may think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. But he wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Verse 11. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. Hope, waiting, anticipation, preparation. On that day, He will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames, but we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth that He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. And then verse 14. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. Hope. Waiting. Preparation for His return. And, the, and those, those verses, they're so very important for us because... If, if you've had any discussions with, with people about the returning of Christ, you know, I'm sure you've encountered, like I have, that, that well, what's he waiting for? You, you keep saying that he's coming. When, when is he coming? He's, he's giving us an opportunity, and he's given us a task to do, but we don't have forever to do that because he is coming. We're anticipating that return, and like he tells us in verse 12, we can hurry that return along, but it's not, it's not like we're, we're hurrying along, and again, that reference to the hustle and bustle of Christmas, not that kind of hurry along, running around, just doing aimless stuff, but with earnest desire, the word is hastening. We hasten His return by praying for His coming. But in that, the preparation that we're making, the work that we're doing, we're, we're sharing our faith with others. We're spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. Our witness is alive and active so that we can bring those 
to God whom he is patiently waiting to redeem. We have a gift. We have hope. We know in the waiting. We know the rest of the story. But we don't get to just sit still and do nothing while we're waiting for him to come back. Just like a, a, a order from a restaurant. We have work to do because God is waiting and wants and desires for all men to be saved. And we, as followers, have to be diligent. And as he says in verse 13 and 14, make every effort, every effort, every opportunity that we have to share with others so that they may come to know Christ. We can't force that decision it's their decision to make. But we are called to share with them so that they have that opportunity to know who God is. And we may be the only person. Think about this with the people around you, the people that you encounter every day. You may be the only person that they ever hear or see or have the opportunity to know that Jesus is real, that he's alive, and he's active, and he's coming again. So don't think and don't miss that opportunity to share. Again, you may be the only opportunity for someone to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Take those opportunities. Salvation is coming. We look back. And we look forward. We have so much to look forward to. But in the waiting, in the waiting and in the anticipation, we've got to be active and to make every effort to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us. I ask Charlie and Lisa to, to come on up and we're going to end our time worshiping together this morning. But just want, um, because it's, it's just so important for us. And, you know, for us in the room this morning, we come together, we come together as believers and followers of Christ. But that doesn't mean for each and every one of us we've got all this together and that we've, we're, we're really living in hope, anticipating His return and doing what we need to be doing in the waiting. So as we worship this morning, Joe and Karen and I will be in the back. And, and we're not there... Um, we're not there because we've got every single perfect answer. But we're there because we would love the opportunity to talk and to pray with you. If there's something in your life that you, you've allowed the enemy to get a voice and to get you off track, we would love to talk and to pray with you this morning and just reassure you let God reassure you that His grace is sufficient and that He loves you and that He can use you. 
He can use all of us. None of us are disqualified from that. He can use each and every one of us. And we have a story to tell. But sometimes we've just got to stop. And we've got to turn back. So we'll be there this morning. We can talk and we can pray with you and encourage you on your journey. And then just like I said earlier, there may be somebody here this morning and you've never made that decision. You've never surrendered your life to Christ. And this whole idea of hope and waiting and anticipation just makes no sense to you. Man, we would love the opportunity to talk to you about that. And, and to share with you who He is and why we're anticipating His return and what He can mean in your heart and in your life. So we'll be back there. And again, love the opportunity to talk and to pray with you. But as we worship this morning, however you need to respond this morning, to the call of Jesus Christ. Don't wait. And don't worry if somebody in the room sees you get up and walk to the back of the room to one of us. Here's what I want you to know. And I want to assure you of this. If you are responding to God and you come to the back to talk and to pray with us, Everybody in this room that sees you move will instantly pray for you. Right, church? We are praying for you. Nobody's looking at you thinking, oh, what do they have wrong? We'll be praying for you as you're responding to and surrendering to and answering God's call. Don't wait. As we worship, you respond.